Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. New HIV treatment likely unaffordable for the countries that need it most. There's a promising new HIV prevention drug that's an injectable that lasts longer than an oral pill. You actually give it once every couple months. And right now they're actually working on a drug that would be once every six months, which would be incredible. But the journal Nature reports that many researchers are concerned that it costs too much to be useful to the countries that are most impacted by HIV. So the drug CAB was recently recommended for use by the World Health Organization. It's an injected antiviral treatment administered every two months, which I think is fabulous. Oh, yeah. Uh, After the World Health Organization issued its recommendation, CAB's manufacturer issued a licensing agreement that would allow up to three other companies to produce generic versions of the drug intended for 90 of the world's most lowest income countries, where there's the highest incidences of new cases of HIV. Many biostatisticians and HIV advocacy groups have estimated that each dose of CAB would have to be between $9 and $14 as is, or more cost-effective than the oral pill. But here's the problem. Even though the manufacturer, Viv, has promised to provide the drug at low cost to low-income countries, the price is still going to be more than $12 a dose, which means many poor countries will likely be unable to purchase sufficient supplies of the treatment. The company said that they cannot make the drug cheaper because it's more complex than the oral pill and it requires more resources to create. Viv says it welcomes licensees who would like to attempt to make a more affordable generic. As many HIV advocates have said, affordability is the most significant obstacle to global HIV prevention and requesting more international funding for HIV treatments will be tough for many of the countries that need them. Unfortunately, UN resources for HIV are 6% lower in 2021 than they were in 2022. So this is a great example of what we refer to here on Noise Filter. We've talked about it dozens of times Mm -hmm. is the idea that capitalism continually and the profits and the need to drive capitalism constantly interfere with the actual protection of people. And it's just another example, you know, no need to go on about it. We've done so many, many times before on this program. It's just, you know, unfortunately as a society, we do not look out for one another as I wished that we did. I mean, there's still a number of countries around the world that still haven't had adequate access to COVID vaccines. And now we've moved on and now we are looking at monkeypox and then right. and polio. 
you know, and, and now we have a great drug. It's twice a month. This drug, eventually, once the six-month drug comes out, you're going to see this is going to go for pennies now because everybody's going to want the drug that lasts six months, right? not the one that right now, this is the brand new shiny one Yeah, that I guarantee you, because I saw it with the HIV world, once, you know, some of these drugs that were really, really slick uh, were so expensive, but you had to take them a couple times a day. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, newer drugs that you had to take once a day came out. All mm-hmm. those drugs suddenly, miraculously were able to drop their prices mm-hmm. significantly lower. Once we see the, uh, this is made by Viv, once we see the drug is being made by Gilead, that uh, apparently is looking like it's going to be a six month. Imagine being able to go in and get like a little tiny injection on your forearm. So even injections, a little subcutaneous mm-hmm. on your forearm that protects you for six months from That's HIV amazing. protection. It's going to drop cases of HIV. Yeah. Yeah. We need to make lots of it so that we don't allow the virus to transmit. So some good news here in terms of where we're headed. And, you know, once we're at six months, can we push it to 12 months? Mm -hmm. That would be incredible. So, Mm -hmm. but we just need to have these things priced so that countries can afford them or that we are committed as as a global community to be able to allow all individuals to have access to these incredibly important therapies. Right. Wastewater surveillance shifts focus to monkeypox. Wastewater surveillance or monitoring sewage systems for signs of disease was one of the most effective ways to track COVID-19 through the pandemic. We followed that story significantly uh, here on Noise Filter. Uh, But according to NPR, some local health organizations are now using the same systems to track monkeypox. Wastewater surveillance isn't a new practice. Israel has used the method to check their population for polio for decades. But before COVID, the idea was mostly used among scientists in America. When the pandemic started, a research collaboration between universities across the country formed a team called the Sewer Coronavirus Alert Network, also known as SCAN. Now, SCAN is working to use the existing sewage monitoring infrastructure to track monkeypox. SCAN has been following monkeypox and wastewater in California since June, and they've detected the disease in five cities across the state. With a grant from the CDC, the program is expanding its monkeypox surveillance to Colorado, Georgia, and Michigan, with the mission of eventually having 300 wastewater surveillance sites in the United States. Wastewater surveillance is an effective method for tracking disease in large groups of people because the samples are steady and reliable. Tracking testing data can be tricky for a litany of reasons. In the case of COVID, at-home testing can make test numbers inaccurate. And even tests taken at doctor's offices or government sites have to be sent up through several channels before they're tallied comprehensively. Of course, the method does have limitations. Wastewater can't pinpoint who is infected and it takes a specialist to analyze samples. It is intended as a complement to many other methods of tracking disease, But if it's successful in tracking monkeypox in many areas, that would show that tracking sewage is adaptable to other public health concerns. For example, some communities in the U.S. have tried to use wastewater to determine what kind of opioids residents were using, and it could also be used to track the flu. For these reasons and more, the scientists involved in SCAN 
Hope that wastewater surveillance becomes a public health mainstay. Yeah, absolutely. This is an incredible surveillance tool for us to consider with respect to being able to track diseases. Of course, this is how we've seen the new polio outbreaks that we've been seeing have been through wastewater surveillance as well. So this is a great tool that's within our toolbox and certainly something we'll continue to follow. Reading this article makes it sound like, oh, we we need to advocate for it. But it seems like we've been doing wastewater surveillance for a while now I think in many cases. It, so. Yeah, I think it's it's like, let's make it more ubiquitous. Let's have more communities use it mm-hmm. because it's the most accurate data you're going to get because everybody poops. Yes. All the poop, all the poop goes in one place. Right. Basically. So uh, essentially, you know, not everybody's going to show up to the hospital to get a, a test. Right. Not everybody's going to comply with the things they need to comply with. Mm-hmm. But everybody poops. But they will. Yes. <laughs> so yes. this is why this is so important. Yes. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast, follow us on social media, and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Pickerson, at HopePickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at The Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to NoiseFilterShow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your health care providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. Right.